Welcome to another episode of Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, and this week we move back to the usual stuff as I bring you another great interview. But before we talk about that, I, of course, want to thank my patrons, Rob Robert, MJ, and Case. If you would like a shout-out on this very show, you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Stormageddon, and you, too, can uh, give at any level just to show your support. All of it is welcomed. Of course, if you can't even give money, sharing the show, telling your friends, commenting on posts, sharing it on social media is also an incredibly huge help. Um, any of that stuff is lovely. I've also been streaming more regularly on twitch.tv slash DJ underscore Stormageddon. Um, if you want to watch me play video games uh, mediocrely, um, and laugh along with me as I die a lot in certain old SNES games. Feel free to check me out there. On to the new episode. I'm so stoked to have the incredible Beefmaster 3000, uh, Beefy himself, back on the show. Um, if you're not familiar with Beefy, he is a nerdcore legend and a badass human being who I've become quite friendly with over the years and um, feel humbled to call him a friend as well as a big fan of his work. Um, he just put out his most recent record, um, Too Big to Fail Part 2, which was the follow-up to Big, Too Big to Fail Part 1, both produced by Tanner4105. Um, we get into details about the album, about uh, being an adult making nerdcore versus an inexperienced youngin' and more. Um, Beefy is always a delight and a super charmer. I enjoy chatting with him whenever I can. So without further ado, please enjoy this badass episode with Beefy. Beefiness for being on the show again. Uh, I'm very excited to have you back. Oh man, I'm I'm thrilled to be back. I'm thrilled to actually, uh, you know, uh, have some time to to do so and and to be able to uh, you know have something to talk about, like my new dope album. And it's funny because I actually went back and looked at the last interview, and I had interviewed you just after Grown Up had come out. So oh, man. part one of this album hadn't even come out yet. Man, so yeah, it's been it's been some time. We're due. We're due for a catch up. <laughs> um, I'm so excited that the um, the sequel to Too Big to Fail is coming out. Um, have you been working on that since the fir- you finished the first one, or was there like a, a time off period for you and Tanner? Uh, yeah, we've pretty much been working on it, you know, here and there, you know, for for the last few years. Um, after the first one came out, like I had just had a kid, so that kind of pumps and breaks on things. We started doing things as the Grammar Club, so we kind of you know we made two albums in that time with with the group. Um, so, but we had like "Salty" is a track that we have on the new album that's been out. You know, we've had a version of out since the, the you know the last VPC me and Tanner did together for the uh, for that little competition. So, I mean, we've had like parts of the album done for a while. We had the remix and the idea to do the disconnect. You know, the the updated version for that that really more got fleshed out as the years passed and Tanner remixed and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, we've had little bits and pieces. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we'd had planned for part two, you know, we were like, oh, we'll just do the next one in a year. Really had a big like Infinity War Endgame kind of idea going for it. Like, we'll just release it one year apart. It'll be easy peasy. We'll just finish up the last couple of tracks for the second one. But, you know, you know how things go. We you, Life, life happens. happens. You know, you have these ideas aren't as good as I thought they were, Tanner. I'm, I got to rethink some of these things. <laughs> So some of those things, and then Shell was coming up and, and saying, hey, let's do Grammar Clip stuff. So, you know, we just, we get sidetracked, easily sidetracked. I mean, it doesn't hurt that all of you have a thousand things that you're doing at once. Uh, that kind of takes up your time. Um, it was really fun to follow the Grammar Club stuff because I hadn't known it before I became a fan of you. Mm-hmm. Though I'd known Shell, Shell Riley, and the Double Ice Backfire separately mm-hmm. as well. And I just didn't realize how much that stuff overlapped until recently. Especially when you dropped your bomb Carvel album. <laughs> um Sponsored by Carvel, like which fo- Carvel follows me by the way now because of you guys, which I think Hell is yeah. uh, in- incredibly hilarious. Um, but it seems like you guys with the Grammar Club are having a lot of fun, just kind of doing whatever and like using the art to kind of just express whatever you got going on on your mind. It doesn't seem like you guys are worrying too much about the intricacies of it. You just kind of want to 
do fun stuff that people can enjoy. Yeah, like it's it's a really cool like we've kind of made it like a challenge like hey, we're trying to make some kind of new track between the six of us every week um and you know just kind of kind of running with what we got. We did a lot in the first like first few Grammar Club albums we did like it we were too nitpicky, not me so much cuz you know I just try to throw stuff out but you know I'm not as I'm not a perfectionist on these things. I'm like, well, you know, if we didn't get him, we'll get him with the next track. Uh, but you know, Shale and Ty, they are they're not perfectionists, but they they they, they put a lot of work into these things, and it, they're the work I do with the Grammar Club shows that because you know they're you know Shale just does amazing things. Ty is an incredible producer as well, and then when we you know they get together, we we make some fun stuff. But it just you know it was it was time consuming, and it was just like, hey, we could do this, we could tweak that. But, uh, you know, now we just kind of, you know, we're flying at the seat of our pants. We're coming up with new ideas and just trying to, you know, see what comes up, what sticks. You know, we'll do a lot of stuff. You know, we'll do some solo things. We'll work with me and Tanner, of course, we're working a lot together lately because, you know, working on the album. But, like, you know, we'll do songs as a big group. I'll do songs with Glenn. You know, Glenn and Shale will work together. It's just, it's like a cool, I, it's just awesome to have, like, this, these various avenues to, to make these tracks and, and to work with, you know, these different combinations of these guys who are all really talented. And I get to be like the sole rapper, so anytime there's like a rap part, it's like, well, that's gonna be me, baby. I don't gotta compete with nobody. So uh, it's, it's, it's it's really great, yeah. And if we can we can really kind of throw ideas out there, and and if it's cool, dope. If it's like, hey, maybe that one didn't click as well, it's like, well, we got other other things we can get on there. So it's just it's really fun to to just keep on kind of trying out new things and, and playing around with the genre. Like I made a country song on the last on the the, the first the Live Slow Die Forever out Grammar Club album about buying a truck. So it's just like it's we got some it's it's fun to play around with and it's really cool. Yeah, I appreciate. I mean, I appreciate what all of you guys do, but you specifically as a nerdcore rapper, I enjoy your sense of humor about just about everything. Um, I believe this came up on the last interview we did too, but like all of your sketches feel like casual conversations. Like I appreciate on the new record um, that you have a two-part sketch, yes, which is uh, which is just like and considering what the sketch was like on the part one, where it was pretty much you. Uh, giving Tanner crap the entire time, and then, re- then of course, relenting that you don't actually have anything for him. This one feels like a um, a rebuttal in whole to that whole experience, which I really appreciate. That kind of um, uh, complete vision of sense of humor. Also, like on Salty, um, that whole beginning part with the guitars. And then you're like, well, you can't put more guitars. That's a crayon droid thing. And then he's like, no, you can't put more guitars, which like that joke is for like 10 people. Right. But I know those 10 people will appreciate it because it's so good. Because <laughs> you just sound so panicked on the cut. It's like, no, no, it's too many. Gu- no, that's not more guitars. You know, I just I appreciate that. Is humor a big is is humor really important to you to infuse in your music? You know, I I don't know how imp- I think it's more important to my just my day to day communication, um, and and just how I you know try to you know just speak in in general. Like you know, humor is important to me just mm-hmm. as a you know self defense me- defense mechanism just in the world as a chubby guy. But just you know, that's how I make friends. That's how I meet new people. It's how you lower shields making some jokes. So I feel like that's how I try to incorporate it, and I feel like coming from me, and maybe it's just because I listen to my own voice and I can't see myself entirely as like this rapper character. I have, uh, <laughs> like, I, I if I if it gets too real or too like you know aggressive and masculine and stuff like that, I just feel so just so on me. Like it doesn't feel it just feels so unnatural and, and just fake. So uh, yeah, I feel like humor is just like you know I, I'm just beefy. We're just making nerd tracks here. Like I ain't really gonna do nothing. Like it's we're just having fun. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it means a lot to me, and like I want people to have a good time with it. Like it's not family friendly all the time. Like there's some curse words or whatever, but like it's it's hopefully most of the time, but by and far it, it's it's good vibes or just like hey man, it's like overall beefy's not like gonna make you feel dead in the dumps. He's gonna make you have a good time end of the day. We might we might we might touch on some weird yeah. topics, but you know it's gonna have a fun time. <laughs> sure. Well, and like I mean, there are songs like "Dear Valentine" on the last record mm-hmm. is a very serious track because it's just beat for beat about the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you find that it's easier to do tributes to properties when you go a more serious route or more narrative route? Yeah, I find it does. Like I, it's it's a fun. It's like a fun game for it because I like those things like Ender's Game or any of the songs where we kind of put our our shoes. We just play a character in that, and I can be like the beefy version of Ender or the beefy version of whatever character Chun Li or whatever. Like we're just kind of telling the story of their of their backstory, and it's kind of easy and it's it's kind of more of an exercise of 
you know, how do I break down this, you know, this book that, you know, and it's something I really appreciate or I really like. So I read Ender's Game and I was like, oh shit, man, I really like this story. And so, uh, you know, so I wanted to, to work on that and put it in the song. And I just like, how do, how do you put that into the, how do you put that into the structure of a rap song and make it all loop together and, you know, working with Tanner to, to figure out how we can make it kind of evolve throughout the chorus and how the things just continuously more and more censored and everything like that. So yeah, I find it. I do find it like a little easier because it's it's if 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 someone else knows the project or the uh, the the property, then they're already on Long Love Ride with you, and like they're already like, oh snap, hey, he's making a song about X, Y, or Z, so I can get into it. Um, I feel like those are a little easier, and I feel like some of those are more like some you know maybe more appealing, or they at least get the hook people a little more because like, hey, I'm familiar with that with that project or that that property. Um, and then for my other songs, you know, by and large, I just do like, hey, I, I am a fan of all these things. This rap song is going to be about how cool I am. But here's how I reference how cool I am with these references to these, you know, properties and these other things. And, you know, I'm cool, like, I'm chokeslamming like Triple or like Undertaker or whatever. Like, you know, we're just, we're just, you know, yeah, I can't explain that part of it. But, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the making properties and just kind of doing the breakdown of it. Like, I feel like it might be cheating a little bit, but I feel like the, the fun in it is, is how do you, how do you construct that in a, in a song without making it too overblown? Sure. Well, and, but that said, like some of my favorite tracks of yours are some of the series tracks too. Like the, the recipe and never enough are like two of my prime hype tracks. Like if I need to get ready for like a gig I'm doing or I'm doing a DJ set or I'm hosting a burlesque show, like I listen to those tracks to like make me like build me up because they're just really great kind of straightforward hype tracks that I really dig. Um, well, thank you. When creating the more like um, pump up kind of like uh, self-aggrandizing tracks, um, how do you do you find those harder to write as you were saying earlier because you don't always quite believe the rap character that you are sometimes like and uh, it, yeah that, that it's it's like walking a line like there's a time where I'm like I can be more just hey this is just me trying to make this rap song or I have to more put on the mantle of this is the beefy character he's all bravado and he's all he just only confidence <laughs> he likes the ladies and the ladies like him back that kind of stuff he just is you know when you do it overblown or you're over or you overdo it, it makes it more funny for it but you know it, a lot of it I was talking to Tanner about it and I hate talking about my creative process because I've, I've mocked that exact practice in the past but uh, <laughs> I was talking to him about it I was like he you know Tanner is very much it's very much a partnership because he very much dictates like where that song is going uh, you know never enough the, the recipe revival uh, salty like all these things like he constructs the the majority of the beat like ahead of time and then I he makes a bunch like he'll throw a you know I'll have a, a, a backstock of Tanner beats at this point and I can just kind of like I feel the song and and it, it has a feel to it and it's like hey I can I can rap about this to this beat it has this feel to it like I feel like this song could be about this and that would feel good and if I have a thing where I'm like hey I really want to you know write a song about wrestling or write a song about video games this specific video game like I can go through my list of beats and and find kind of something that has that feel so Tanner dictates a lot of it and it's a lot of like whatever Tanner's in the mood for musically uh like if he's feeling like a lot of these are a little more I don't know about more serious beats, but these beats that have that that harder edge, and I feel like you know I can't just make a song about gumdrops and, and rainbows about it, then uh, then <laughs> like, that'll really dictate the way it goes, and then it'll, you know you can kind of hype it up more and you get that confidence and you get that like I can really rap some cool things, and if I maybe string together a few cool words or if I come up with the hook usually first and just be like yeah I could say that I could I could hear that being repeated for a little while then then uh, then you know that'll kind of that'll dictate it and then and then usually like the hook is the hardest part and finding those verses are just like the fun parts of just filling that up and writing that essay of you know what the song is about but uh but yeah that 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 hook and, and tanner's like influence in the beginning is really what really kind of sets our our tone in deciding and like how are we going to get more serious or is this gonna be like a light-hearted little like you know kind of fun track and so um, the new album that's coming out actually quite well. As of when this episode comes out, it'll probably already be out. Um, I hope you guys you liked know, it. Time travel. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have quite a few features on the record. You often have features uh, with some really great folks. Um, when you're having a guest on a track, do you uh, send them the raw track without your verses to see what they want to do, or do you send them what everything you have and then they just kind of fill in the gaps? How does that process kind of work a little bit? Yeah, with me, I kind of I kind of cheat. Um, I, I, I'm like the worst collaborator when it comes to my, my guest vocalists. I really, I'm just like, dude, Hey, look, I made this thing. I made like this, like, and usually be like, Hey, I made this, this demo for the grammar club. 
uh, would you want to be on it? Like, I, I hunt down people, or I'm just like, hey, man, I got these three verses. I got these three songs that are about this. You know, do you want to do this? Um, and, you know, thankfully, the guys that are on these things are, you know, they they jumped at it. Um, you know, like some of these songs I have already, you know, I've, some of the, like Top Rope is, is just Shy Guy. He's just doing some backing and, and throwing in some vocals on there. But, you know, that's, that's what we wanted to do on it. Uh, Ray-Bans and Gators are with Death Star. I just knew that they would be into this weird little beat about this just nothingness and they kill it and everything like that. So I, I have ideas for some of the people, like when I write it out and like for, for some of these tracks, like the ones with Lars, I have like for thanks, I wrote thanks for like, that was one of the songs that was out where we, we had written back when we wrote salty and, and had the first album come out. And I knew that I had this idea of like, Hey, I'm just, you know, we're thanking people for being fans you know, here's my verse and that's, you know, I'm, I'm older and I don't have like, I'm not out there getting the, the work anymore, but it's still crazy that, you know, I've had fans and then I knew like I wanted people on it and I knew that I needed to get people on it, but it's just, you know, it's not as like, I'm not very collaborative on it because it's like, Hey, I already have this. This is the idea, but I'd like you to infuse your, you know, what you do, what you do or how you relate to this topic from your word. And it, and, and in that, it seems people seem to, to get and get behind, um, because I, I do have an idea of like what I want this track to be, be you know, from the offset. And I, I don't want to be like, Hey, I'm making this song about thinking fans. So if you start writing a verse about zombies, then this is going to really not work out very well. So I try to give them that structure. <laughs> and, you know, I like as a, as when I'm the featured artist, I love having that as a, I love having that structure. I love having those, Hey, let me know my confines and like everything that I can do to play off of that. We do a lot of, when I do songs with Lars, he does a lot of, we do a lot of character stuff. So it's like, you know, I'll, I'll play Baby Huey from Roger Rabbit, or I'm playing uh, 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 freaking uh, Gazorpazort Field from, from Rick and Morty. So we do like a lot of those <laughs> yeah. kind of tracks. So I like to have like, you know, those kind of boundaries. So that's that's how I do. I'm the worst collaborator on those, but I'm just happy that they like, hey, that's that's a dope idea. We can, I'll, I'll, I'll throw my two cents in on that. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was actually, I'm glad that you brought up other collaborators, too, because I was going to ask, um, another track of yours that I really dug was actually on uh, Vince Vandal's second record, uh, Fr- Advanced Friends and Fandom, you did with Insane Ian, I Don't Get It. So a track like that, does Vince send you the beat and Ian's stuff, and then you just fill it in, or did you kind of have the freedom to do whatever you wanted for that track? That one was really cool. Like, that was one of the the rare kind of times I do, like, full-on, like, collaborate with the songwriter we did like you know hey i'll write a verse i'll write a verse and then that last verse we do kind of a back and forth and uh, and that that came mm-hmm. out really cool i thought and uh and that's where we kind of you know we just you spend a lot of time on the email and you know you check it when you can like oh that's a cool bar and you kind of have an idea of how they're gonna rap it based on their their lyrics there and and so you know i just throw my own thing in there maybe i'll throw up the demo and and see what we got but yeah vince vince had the beat for sure i think it was just a, a blank ass beat and I think like we had the I think Ian had the idea of of like what to do it about and then we just kind of went from there I threw in the like we were throwing up some chorus ideas I threw in the the repeated I don't get it's over and over and and we kind of just and then Vince kind of put it all together and made it sound real dope Um, so that was really cool and then I did the same thing like way back when with uh, the only other real time I've kind of done some stuff like that was with the dual core within Tati of dual core and we did a, a song called press start on my one of my albums yeah, oh, yeah. And that was that yeah. was really cool I and really great track. and yeah it, it came out real good and that was a lot of like back and forth and me just trying to keep up with him Intady is my favorite uh, person who writes lyrics that I've seen so far because he he writes it in such a way that I can tell where exactly every where every break is and where every like half pauses versus just the full new line break like it's it's really interesting and it must be some kind of programmer thing but uh but uh but yeah that was that's the only really times i've done that and they've come out real cool i thought but it's just it's such a time intensive process and a lot of times when i'm making music i'm like hey i have these like two hours that i'm really feeling it and you know there's everyone's away from me and i can actually get these things either written or recorded so i I usually like try to get them in those bursts and, and try to get as much out creatively as possible and it's 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 fun but it's harder to to be like all right i can do this 10 minutes here and then like you know you never know you know, maybe that person's at work. Maybe they're doing things. Maybe they got kids. So you got to wait for that response. And if you're like feeling you really want to get it done now, you just want to bah, 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 bah. Uh, it's easier in the room with a group as opposed to, to via email. Yeah, I'm sure. I imagine that being face to face or like being openly communicative is easier than kind of like a more isolated songwriting process. Um, the next question I wanted to ask, actually, since you have a brand new record that's out now as we speak, um, is, uh, you know, you had a kid and you've been raising a kid as well since before mm-hmm. you had a kid. Do you find that being a parent has changed your songwriting at all? Uh, man, I don't 
I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's hard to say for sure because, like, I don't want to do anything sure. weird. Like, and I don't want to make some really weird shit. Me, like, hey man, CPS is coming because you you really wrote some weird shit. Um, but no, I mean, like, my kids don't. I don't really have them listen to my music. Uh, sure. You know, because I do some curse words. This is my outlet, so it's like you know, hey, daddy, daddy doesn't curse <laughs> at home. Like he'll throw out the occasional shit when he's uh, you know bonked his ankle into something, but uh, uh, but not not so much with the cursing all day up and down. And I'm like, you know, we, I spent half the day we spent we spent watching Totoro and Ponyo today. So I mean, there's like a, it's a very uh-huh. softy kind of environment here. So that's why I can get all raw and real on my album. <laughs> Uh, so we don't really have them listen to. There's a few tracks they really do dig. Uh, my my little girl yeah. had that song I did with front, on Frontal Out's album. Uh, uh, not the spoiler warning or yeah, spoiler warning, right? Uh, oh, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. That's the one. Spoiler was the, yes. the skit. Yes, uh, they, it's a disaster. She used to yes. just sing that song to high heaven just every single day, all the time. She just loved every single minute of it. And uh, but so there's there's like there's on and off. So like they'll hear one and and they really dig it. But, uh, yeah, by and large, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's really changed my music beyond, like, there's not any, I try, I God, I hope not, not any more references to just be like, you know, bitches being bitches, or I'm gonna get so many hoes and stuff like that, because now that I have daughters, I'm all like, dear Lord, like, Lex's verse, like, really hit me, I was like, oh God, my, my babies can't really go on the internet, <laughs> yeah. like, it doesn't ever, like, I'm a boy, I'm a, just a, just a, white dude in this genre that that's okay well i'm like half mexican but no one cares uh but uh so like i don't have that experience of like everyone just always accepted me yeah. but I, th- I see reverse i'm like oh my kids are gonna have to deal with like all this shit like there's gonna be dudes that are just being like see they're just gonna want to like make some dope thing and they're gonna have to be all like having to deal with like creepy dudes and that's just a th- that's just a thing that they just have that all women just deal with on the internet and it just it just sucks so i don't think about that before i had my daughters and thankfully i'm not like a creep and i didn't do weird shit to girls because i'm not an asshole but like right apparently i'm not the norm and so like i have to like prepare my daughters for like hey man apparently like everyone on the internet's a creep and so i mean you can do whatever you want and you can do creative things and have an outlet but like man it's gonna suck in your dms and shit so so like yeah, it's it's just really opened me up. That's in, in the biggest way I think it's changed me. Is the fact that I had these daughters and I'm like, man, I can't contribute to a world that's gonna be like, hey man, you're somehow some kind of object or some kind of like reward or some kind of shit. Like you're a dope ass person. Go be dope. Yeah. Yeah. No, that it's rough. I have a, I don't have any kids of my own yet, but I have a niece and like she's of age to have her own Instagram, which I follow and she knows I'm following her. But like some of the stuff she complains about and like the stuff she has to deal with. And I'm like, God, this sucks. Yeah. And like, I can't be like superhero uncle who re- rescues and like jumps into her messages and be like, fuck those yeah. guys. I'll kick their ass. Like, this is going to make it worse. That, and you know? Oh, my God. Just, just like, so I can't worse. punch any of these problems, girls. I don't know if you know what this is doing to me. Let's make this about me. Um <laughs> right, that's exactly. what I do. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's that's uh, yeah. that's the rule. I think that's the biggest change that it's done in my music. Like it's it's like, hey man, let's be more empowering because I do want my girls to to be able to live in a world that's better than the one that you know some other people's daughters are living in right now. So we, we gotta do better. We're gonna do better. It's gonna be better. Yeah, that's that's legit. And it's funny that you bring up it's a disaster because that's actually the first track of yours I ever heard on Frontalot's oh, album yeah. and then I did I did the uh, Wikipedia rabbit hole but in Spotify where you <laughs> click on the featured artist and then it takes you to their page and I'm like oh this dude's got a ton of records alright let's dive in and I think the first track after that that was like your track was Uncanny of course because I saw that and went oh well this has my interest already <laughs> they are um, peaked and of course was and was not disappointed. Uncanny is actually one of those tracks that also, like, I love the comedy that's so streamlined into it because your chorus or your pre-chorus is literally like you want to be like Beast and then you fall on your head and you go, ow! <laughs> and it's just, it's it's just the delivery of all that is like so childlike wonder goofball that I think is what brought me to a lot of your music is like that it's definitely coming from a place of like you're just a nerdy dude who loves stuff and wants to share the stuff that you love that is yeah that's I feel like that pretty much wraps that sums it all up like first that's how everyone heard me first not everyone but that's how a lot of people heard me first was be I was fortunate enough to be get to be on Front's album and then uh Uncanny is it's cool because I got Lars to be on it because that was like one of our one of our early collaborations and he was ready to get on it and Mustin was able to uh recreate like in X-Men animated 
series soundtrack. He got, we didn't get the blessing of Fox, but the guy that the original composer was gave us a big thumbs up and said it was cool. Yeah, oh, that cool. was a, a cool experience. Awesome. Yeah, Mustin did real good work on that. And he reached out to him and like, hey man, I just want you to know, I'm not trying to steal from you. I've recreated this music based on that. And so he did real great. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, the writing of it was just trying to be like, hey man, it's not so much about the X-Men. It's about the experience that that X-Men cartoon gave me and gave my brother and gave, I'm sure, just thousands and thousands of millions of kids around the world. Um, just like, yeah. you know, back in the day, just be able to wake up and hey man, I'm going to eat all this cereal. I'm going to put on this cartoon. I hope my parents sleep until whenever because the Fox lineup of cartoons is on and I'm just going to make a day of it. And uh, and it's just <laughs> like, and that's how, I mean, me and my brother, God, dude, between being Power Rangers and Ninja, Ninja Turtles and and pro wrestling dude me and my brother i've yeah. beat him so badly like over the years like i'm surprised he doesn't just hate my my stinking guts now uh but yeah he's he, and he would always get like he'd be the unfortunate one we'd wrestle all the time and we do all things but he'd always be the one that gets hurt and and got flips and lands on his finger the wrong way and it breaks or we fight and he hits me oh, with no. something i hit him with something but then he's the one that has to get a stitch or something like it sucks um so uh so yeah that was that that feeling but we always just want to make it part like that's i try to feel like that's who i am and that's what i want to represent and and that's at least how i i i feel happiest and and so yes yeah, so it's, it's fun to make those kind of records and, and those kind of things that are just like you know they're fun like it's just more fun like even when we when we do things that are like more serious it's like it's better to have it like be a little tongue-in-cheek and talk about these serious things and then or and then and then undercut it with some kind of nonsense and stuff like that. And I feel like those are, are the most fun. And I feel like those are the most like me, but you know, we can, we can dabble in things, but those are the most fun. Sure. Um, I want to ask a little bit about the cover art of too big to fail part one and part two. So first I want to know if it's the same artist on both. Covers. It is not the same artist. Uh, the first art, uh, Rusty Shackles did, and it was come uh, Rusty Shackles, is a great artist. He does a lot of PS swaps is what I see him do. But, uh, He'd be he'd be working and, and you've seen his work probably if you've you know followed a lot of nerdcore oh, yeah. people right, um, but Rusty Shackles is is amazing and we've been working together for a while. He used to do a lot of stuff for Adam Warrock, um, and that's how we kind of gotten together when me and Adam were doing a lot of work together. Uh, and then uh, what did he he we did the I'm really bad at being a nerdcore rapper that 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 aims at the fandom because like when we did a hey we're gonna do an ep that's all about this this topic we did it on the league which was an fx oh yeah that's uh, right FX yeah I fantasy that. football tv show and that was probably not the best decision as far as audience but the tracks were fun and good and he wanted to do the art for that and it was all like he's like hey man i really want to do this and i want to you know get this thing i have this this cover i've started i just really want to do it and i was like hell yes i'll do it and he was like oh cool and as a thank you all I'll do the album art for your next thing because I have this other idea that I I don't know what I'll do with and I just I really want to use it and he sent it to me and it was the you know the first album art was you know the cat in the White House and the nuke going off behind him yeah and uh, I thought it was that's fucking great that's that's super dope um, and then so you know we, we made that we did the thing we decided that we had these other tracks and we're just gonna cut it off and we'll do part one and part two uh, so when we did part two I was asking Rusty but he was just like not available he was like man I just I unfortunately I just can't. So I was like, hey, man, no no sweat, no big deal. But I had no idea what I was going to do. And then, uh, you know, working with uh, working with Grammar Club, I, I ran into, I started talking to Dominic, who's the, the artist of the, the volume two. Uh, Dominic, Pris, uh, mm-hmm. I forget how to say his name. I would just call him Dominic, but uh, Prestera. Oh, Prestera. That must be how you say it. Dominic Prestera. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dominic, he, he's great. He, uh, you know, he's worked on, on, on Supervised and Chosen and Archer. Um, and he works in, in, you know, in background art and he just, and he also works with, uh, uh, Carvel and he was the one that was like, Hey man, you know, I work for Carvel and stuff and they really appreciate this music and do you want to do that? And stuff like that. And I was like, hell yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and he was like, Hey man, really appreciate it. Let me go ahead and do one an album for you. I'd love to do it like an album cover for you. And that'd be fantastic. And it'd be really, you know, as, thanks for doing those things that you did with the band. And I was like, that's super dope. Um, and I, I gave him the idea. I was like, uh, you know, hey, I have this first album, and we're gonna do a part two. So it would be cool to have a continuation of what that president cat is doing and what's going on with him, I guess. And uh, I have this. I, I just had the idea. I just kind of just broke it down for him, and he had sent me like one of the samples of one of his arts and his background arts, and it was just kind of like this foreshadowed, like you can see in the, the, the something in the foreground, but in the distance, it was you know the other things happening. And I was like, oh shit, that'd be dope. And so we got this this cover art with the. Cat leaned up against the sign, looking at the 
the fallout of these even more nuclear blasts in part two and and uh it's just super super good like a he's he posted uh today or yesterday or earlier today he or earlier weeks ago whenever you hear this um <laughs> he posted like his progress on it and uh he the first one and the second and third and, like it's the more detailed more coming together and everything and I was like, this sucker doesn't realize that I would have been a-okay with the very first one. What a sucker. He gave me a masterpiece. He could have just given me his sketch. What a what a fool. But uh, <laughs> man, he was, he's very, very talented. And, and just being able to, to work with him and on this and just, you know, chit-chat with him and, and talk to him about his family and stuff has been really, really cool. Like, it's it's I just love meeting new people on the internet who do, like, creative things. And we get to work together on this stuff. And I just get a chit-chat with them. Like, that's the, that's the best part. Yeah. The cla- the collaboration of the Nerdquirk community and like the the support within the community is something that always keeps me coming back and why it's probably my favorite independent genre because everyone just supports everybody else. A lot of the folks work together, you know. There are outliers in every community, but for the most part it's very uplifting and I and I really dig that. Hell yeah, dude. Like I will I will go down as, as being like I'm just gonna be nerdcore until Nerdcore, by and large, becomes about something that's like very uncool. Then I am I'm all about nerdcore. <laughs> like I can't steer that ship myself, I guess. But you know, by and large, like it's it's super dope and it's always been fun. Like there were some rough parts when I when we first started the whole nerdcore adventure back in the day. It feels like, but like by and large, everything is, is super cool. Like there's people that are gonna get grabby or, or crouchy grouchy about things, but especially the the people that have been in it for a minute is is just really they're all really dope and they're all really sweet and like never had i haven't had like any negative experiences with with any of the nerd people in in years and years and it feels so good like, like you don't you don't get that all the time like there's usually a bunch of drama like the, and especially in the start like there's oh, there was yeah, totally. boy was there drama but now it's like everyone <laughs> is so cool like everyone's working together we have so many artists you know nerdcore nerdcore related that are like on tour and and getting all kinds of opportunities and stuff Megaran's doing amazing Lars is doing amazing they've been on that like press junkets where they've been like just blowing up so it's been like really really dope to get to be a part of this and and get to be like hopefully one of these guys that are like championing it for a while and i'm not an example used of people being like you know hey man see this is nerdcore you see what i mean this is why we shouldn't be listening to this guy (laughs) you hear this guy yeah i i think i think you're safe from that at least for the moment um, so I know that you're a guy who doesn't shy away from references in his music, uh, both songs about specific uh, nerdy subjects and then songs that just feature references. Um, can you consume pop culture now like a normal human still, or do you see things and immediately go, oh, that's a lyric, or oh, I need to do a song about that? Man, I think so. Like, I... I feel like I have to be like in a zone to write a song in order to like really get it. Like there'll be times where I'll be like watching this. I'm like, there'll be, there'll be something like, you know, I I finish Ender's game and I'm like, Oh shit. That's that has like, you have those, those three, three defined arcs that you really can just be like, Oh, my first verse will be the first, the first act. And, and the second verse will be act two. And like, there was some of those that, that really do fit that, that mold. But I mean, yeah, like I can watch a lot of it is uh, what what I watch. Like I can't write a million songs about wrestling, even though I love it. (laughs) Like I can write some things, I can put a bunch of references in there, but like I I can't write a song just about like Adam Cole or something like that. So uh, so I can watch like as much wrestling as I want and not ever fear like man I can't wait to write this song about you know reverse suplexes and some because uh, I already I already put that reference in the song and I'm I feel like I'm over it now. So it's uh, I feel like I can like but it is hard like when you watch especially like these long form TV shows that I watch and or binge and stuff like that. There's there's not a there's not there's there's different acts but like are you gonna do it about an episode or about one character it's just like you know you get overwhelmed i'm able to just enjoy it on there and then when i get to that point where i'm like all right time to write a song what do i want to write a song about what does this beat sound like then it can be like hey it feels like this i remember watching it from there you still get that memory and that if it was a memorable piece of media that i watched then you know it's, it's something that it it can be incorporated in there and that's when usually you kind of go back to it and then you watch it. Then you watch it with those eyes of like, all right, how can I, what are the key parts of this that I can use? Or what are the key aspects of this character that can really be translated into this hip hop song? So yeah, I may, I, I think I'm pretty able to do so. Uh, and it's always like, uh, it's like, hey guys, I'm off the clock right now. I'm just watching this for me. Uh, and Beefy is on the, taking a backseat to, to just Beefy, this Beefy. There's so many Beefies. 
to uh, to just me watching this this game show or this whatever. <laughs> a lot of the time, it's a lot sure. of kids TV. Like I might write a Ponyo song here in a little bit because we've watched it so many damn times now that uh, it's it's really. It really depends on what's on there. I may end up writing like a Cookie Swirl C song and and just really having a good time with some like kids YouTube references or something and, and really make a billion nice. dollars in followers or whatever. Right. Yeah, well you gotta drop that that hip hop remix of Baby Shark, right? That's, man. That's the next big thing. I did not know what a baby shark was. People talked about it on the internet forever. I'm like, hey man, I gotta worry about that. And the kid turned like two and I heard it and I was like, God damn it, man. And then, God, it's so catchy. And why do I want to hear it now? Yeah. Why do I? Why do I really feel this? They they sped it up like 1.5, and uh, and it sounds amazing, and it's great, and we're having a good time with it. Yeah. Like, oh God, it's, that goddamn baby shark. Yeah, gotta get on that baby shark yeah. train, baby. But it's 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 funny what things become popular, like especially meme worthy stuff um, that you just don't expect. Also, like we're talking about on your song on Canny earlier and X Men and growing up watching those cartoons on TV. Since I get the sense that we're around ish the same age, mm-hmm. but like now it's like you can't walk outside without tripping over something Marvel related at this point. Like between the movies and the resurgence of new comics and video games and everything else. Like, could you have as, as a kid even imagine to have all of this like wealth of stuff that now is everywhere? Oh man, like I had a vision for this kind of thing. Like as a kid, you know, you just man, it would be so cool. Like I thought I'd saw this we went to, oh man, this is a whole shit now. We used to go to this video store and I went with my mom and we saw I saw this video cassette tape and the cover was just this lineup of people and I thought it looked like they were all in costume. I thought it was like all X-Men. I was like, dude, it mom is this X-Men movie and she was like, We can't they can't make an X-Men movie. Like that's just too much. They can't like there's they have laser eyes and stuff. That's not something they can do in movies, right? And I was like, Oh, but they oh, but man like, I remember seeing that and just being like, man, they, they could. And then, like, seeing it, like, going to that first Iron Man movie, like, and and seeing them say we're the Avenger Initiative and realizing, like, oh, shit. Like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. They're going to. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, that moment. And then seeing what it is now and how, like, just not even just Marvel and combo culture, but just how, like, everyone is a nerd now. Like, there's no. No one's weirded out by you if you spend all day on the computer. Like everyone is on their phone, everyone's on the thing. Like everyone's on social media all day. Like when we were doing that in high school, that was super weird. And while well, you're on a computer all day, you should be on the team and doing the thing or doing whatever. But like now, like everyone is connected. Everyone's digital. Everyone knows the things. No one needs to like really code a MySpace page so that like the the huge nerd in the class isn't super popular or whatever because he knows how to throw down HTML anymore. Like it's not really a big deal. So it's just like there's this level of uh, everyone's kind of more equal playing field and now you can kind of reach out to more people and more people are getting some of these references because it's not weird to watch the cool new show on Netflix or whatever's on Hulu and like this weird sci-fi thing or this fantasy TV show ends up being the most popular fucking show of all time and and Game of Thrones and stuff and and like people hate on it but it's like everyone knows about it so everyone can hate on it so it's like there's not as much like we're not as isolated as nerds anymore that we have to like worry about the it's so proliferated now and everyone's big into Marvel. Like if it were just me and my nerd friends, then, uh, you know, we, they wouldn't have those billions of dollars, I assume. So it's, it's so amazing. Well, sure. like, and I love that shit. Like, I just love going to those movies. I love that Marvel <laughs> call that I just love the whole universe. Oh man. It's so cool. Well, yeah. And like, I mean, you of course felt it, took it upon yourself to release a, uh, end game related track, um, after the movie had come out. So clearly there is some exuberance for the property. Um, did you have any hesitance about releasing an Endgame track? Because of course it's, spo- you know, your big spoiler warning on the YouTube video yes. and everything. But like, was there any hesitance about like, am I going to ruin this for people? I guess at, at some point it's out of your hands, right? Like well, you put spoiler warning, but if they still listen, it's not on you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and they, you know, the the the, the producer, the directors, they're like, hey, man, everyone's cool on this Monday after it comes out. You're good to fucking do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the only the only regret I have about that track is that I wanted to express my love for it so quickly I fucked up and didn't uh, or I don't know if I can swear I forget but I messed up and I I, I added yeah. a, a reference to that you know Sharon Carter is the the granddaughter as opposed to the grandniece and just messed it up so we threw it off the album because that error I can't have that last forever uh, so it was cast aside <laughs> yeah, that's fair. but no I, I think that um, you know at this point like for some properties like if it were for like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. 
then it's like, okay, well, people may not go out to see that day one. You know, people, I got life. Like, I didn't see Captain Marvel right away, not because I don't love it, but because I had, you know, got shit. It's hard to get the, it's hard to get the babysitter, get the two parents out of the house to get to watch a movie. But, uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, but, uh, and, and like, you know, people may not have seen Black Panther right away or those kind of like the, the, the smaller, not the, the, the giant films that they do. So, uh, but Endgame, it's like, hey, amen, that's like appointment appointment viewing like you want to be able you got to get in there you got to see it you got to work around it uh you got to add that to your schedule you take the day off if you need to so that you can get in on that first weekend <laughs> because that's all anyone's going to be joking about talking about memeing about like it's what's going to be you're not going to be able to avoid it one way or the other and if i can be a part of the overall celebration uh, for all the other people that did the same thing then that's dope but yeah to i would never like drop a well i would trevor never try to drop a spoiler in like unannounced or to be a dick because that's, the, that's yeah. the goddamn worst like if i go off seeking out spoilers that's on me but if i'm just like dropping sure. it in this completely unrelated shit then that's some bullshit well yeah i mean and like on on grown up you had a, a game of thrones track that was based on the books not the show right. and so there were spoilers and you warn people at the beginning of the track and i as someone who's not consumed game of thrones i just went oh okay and like still listen to the track and i love the track it's a great okay. track but like to me, it didn't really mean anything because I haven't seen the show, so I just thought it was a cool track about knowing it was about Game of Thrones, but not knowing the details beyond that. Right? Yeah, exactly. And and at the time, you know, at the the show hadn't caught up, and you know, looking back on it, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But uh, uh, but no, I mean, but it works out because I, I I want people to know that even even if they watch the show and some of the things had been the same, there are still little bits. There's references in there that you know, unless you read the show and you know about like the. The, this witch that Cersei talks to when she's a little kid and gets like a prophecy like all this kind of stuff that I don't remember being very deep into the show um, and like the, the names of some of the characters or some of the things they do and locations they go to like for a while there I was really into those books and I was working a graveyard shift just reading those like all night and just like having these ideas because there's a lot of story in them um, and uh, and that was the, the song I chose to do because again that three act structure and the three people and the three verses it, well it makes it I'm a very lazy writer uh, but, uh, but it's just, it's, man, I got fucking sidetracked on what we were even fucking, where the <laughs> fuck was I, man? It's Holy okay. shit, start talking about game, the Game of Thrones, and then I just, I got lost. I got you. On my fucking shit. It's all right, we... we we, it's it's all good. We were just we're we're rambling nerds. Oh, it's thank fine. God. People who turn to people who tune into the show know what they're getting into. Well, actually, I wanted to bring up something, uh, sidestep music for a sec because the last time you were on the show, we spent an an insanely long, probably to the detriment of the show, <laughs> amount of time talking about League of Legends, oh, yeah. which I don't really, which I don't really play that much anymore. Right. Uh, I I shifted to Heroes of the Storm because the community was a little kinder mm. um which i think was the the complaint from a lot of folks but i, I did want to bring up because you do talk about games a lot on your um records as well are there any new video games that you're playing right now that are like your big thing that you're really digging man i don't know if they're like so much new like i am so right now in love with uh, rocket league is what i've been spending a whole bunch of time on you know nice. uh, fire pro wrestling world i'm a big big giant proponent for that game and i love it and at some point i'm gonna get around to making a youtube series of the uh the OMG one climax, which is going to be a wrestling tournament with all the little nerdcore creator wrestlers I made. Um, I remember you making them, and I was like, "Those are awesome!" Yeah, I would love for you to right. to, to do that because I, th- I I would think it's right, hilarious exactly. like, personally, and I know like that- me would dig that. You know what I mean? Like they get a kick out of that <laughs> shit because I'm like such a big fan of nerdcore. Well, and so but- many. I was just gonna say, and also so many nerdcore rappers are wrestling fans. Mega Man and Schaefer, like Vince, all of them are like big wrestling exactly. fans. So like. I'm sure they'd all get a kick out of it. Exactly. So like, like that—that's been a big one. I, you know, I play Stardew Valley. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, where did all my hours go? Like, uh, oh yeah, that's a big one. Like those are like, nothing like cutting edge that I've been playing. Like me and Tanner have been playing a lot of Apex Legends and uh, having some fun with that and being terrible at it. And then they, <laughs> the devs kept being like all weird. So we, I think we gave it like we're giving it like a couple a last hurrah because we both spent ten bucks on the last battle pass and we're like, well, we'll get we'll get some use out of this last one and. I just won't spend more money on it. No big deal. Uh, but, uh, right. but, I mean, Rocket League is is a forever game that I hope stays forever and will always be cool and good and they don't mess anything up because how could they? It's Rocket League. They, they've they got it down now. But it's so much fun. So that's, that's like, been my go-to. I haven't played any league or, like, anything super competitive because that, just like you're talking about, like, the community can be 
vicious and like just taking the time to try to learn yeah. something is just like god man i don't i feel like there's too much pressure like i got stressed out but like being in queue when the game would start if i was getting into something that like oh shit like i can't be support like uh 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 and then i just like i don't want to play fuck it i'll just quit fuck <laughs> it i don't want to do it no 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 more um so yeah i just i couldn't take that i was just like i'm stressing playing i'm supposed to be having fun man i ain't trying to stress so i can play like this 25 minute video game where everyone's gonna be talking shit about me and i can just bounce out so uh Say, I just, Rocket League, I can play the five minutes if I suck. It doesn't matter. Everyone sucks at Rocket League. So it's fine, man. I ain't at those levels. Yeah, that's pretty much me. With I, I am in love with my Nintendo Switch. I take it everywhere. And uh, for a while, um, whenever I had an internet connection, I was playing Splatoon 2. And I am terrible at shooters of every kind. Like, all of them. <laughs> I am your weakest link. But Splatoon, because you're covering ground, it's not about killing the other players, although you can. It's more about just getting paint everywhere. Right. I was much better at that. But also, it was just fun because the matches were two minute long. So, like, if you're losing horribly, there was no reason to bail because it was going to be over in two minutes and then you move on to the next thing. And I really, like, those kind of faster-paced games that are just kind of about the fun of it yeah. uh, are are my favorites. It's why I stay away from any of, like, the professional Smash Brothers. Oh, like, yeah parts of the world like i love playing smash brothers but like the minute someone's like oh no items and only final destination i'm like i'm good i'm not gonna play <laughs> oh yeah like oh you wanted to have fun playing this video game nah dog we're serious business right now now get that pikachu and fight that you know solid snake and shit <laughs> yeah it's it's one of the things that kills me about the gaming community like you know talking older but getting older and you know wanting to take care of your daughters and the shit that they're gonna have to see Oof. it's like the vitriol that's in the gaming community these days it makes me not want to be actively uh interacting with strangers on the internet Damn. anymore in a gaming fashion because you're afraid i'm just afraid that it's going to be uh, you know, a racist, sexist shit show at this point, and I, I don't want any of that. Like, you almost anticipate it to be, and the bar is so low that when it's just like a normal game, or someone's like, hey, good job, or good luck, have fun, and it's like legit, and you can't sense any sarcasm, like, that's weird, and you're like, oh shit, you know, let's donate to this man's charity or something, like, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, oh my god, he was a decent human being, what the hell's going on? How Are we happen? best friends now? Like, what's the deal here? Like, I don't... <laughs> Can I come to your wedding? Like, I don't know. I, 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 you know, but, you know, we had too much fun with it. And it gets like, hey, there's that funny video on the line. The guy doing it. Let's everyone do it. And oh, who can raise that bar? And blah, blah, blah. like, I hate it. There's just like this. I don't know, man. It just sucks. Because I, you just want people to be cool. And just like, hey, because I grew up and like, I've opened my eyes. And because, you know, I was young and rebellious and did stupid shit when I was young, I'm sure. And, you know, internet wasn't as popular yeah. then. There wasn't Facebook or whatever. Uh, but, uh, there wasn't memes or anything even, but, uh, yeah, but you, I woke up and grew up and realized I, things were really just expect everyone to kind of join you in your enlightenment, but you know, everyone's got to suck first. And then some people just don't, don't come out of that. They just don't wake up and they don't realize or they just be, continue to be asshats. So yeah, man, it sucks. It's grim yeah, it's and a, I hope it gets good. Yeah, same. <laughs> and it's funny, like you talk about growing up, it's like, I'm so glad that YouTube didn't exist when I was a young kid. Oh, shit. Considering the amount of stupid shit oh, I did, shit. it's like, you know, even the, it would just be awful. I would just have so many cringeworthy things <laughs> that I thought were like so profound or whatever at the time. And then it would just, oh, yeah. oh God, uh -huh. I can't even imagine what would happen. Oh, I'm happy that my yeah, daughters funny. just like, like people... to make their videos and then they show the audience of just like me and my wife and, and Ollie because we're the only ones that would watch you know that in, with her and then anyway and that's I love that she wants to do that we can talk about it there but I'm glad she's not like putting it up and like spend it every waking minute like checking replies and comments like her father does so you know <laughs> <laughs> that yeah that's that's rough I yeah no I I'm the same way it's like I'm so I feel bad for my nephew and niece because they're growing up in a world where like like you can mistake love for likes, you know, this idea mm -hmm. that like the social media nonsense and, and I'm a victim of it too. Like I'm on Twitter all the time promoting my Twitch stream and the, my four podcasts right. and whatever other nonsense I'm doing. Um, you know, I, I, it's fun to watch young kids. Like I have a very young two year old niece, uh, on my spouse's side who just is just um, like having the time of her life, doesn't care about any of that stuff. And it's like, stay that way. Stay yeah. pure. Do that forever. If don't, you can. don't, Right. Yeah, because I don't. And now, now the listeners have reached the old man yeah, part yeah, of the it's, podcast. It's just be yourself. And back in my day, I used to walk uphill in snow. I used to have to. I it Both used to be ways. safe. My parents were freaked out if I walked somewhere. Like it's it's rough. It's rough out there in these streets. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
Beefy, this has been amazing as always. I, I adore you and I adore chatting with you. Um, the last thing I'll ask you is a little cheesy, but you're experienced and seasoned in the scene as a, as a uh, rapper and a pretty badass rapper at that. Do you have any advice for up-and-coming rappers who might be listening or just artists in general hey. who are trying to get shit done? Do you have any advice for them on how to like get to that next level well i mean the what i tell anybody like i get those emails and and people be like hey i'm a big fan but and i'm just starting out what can i do um the what i always tell them is to befriend a rapper and then steal their producer because that's what i did <laughs> i befriended mc router i stole tanner 4105 he is my producer now and you just need a hot producer um but yeah, yeah. Having Tanner is a big plus. So if you can get Tanner as your producer, that's gonna do you big wonders. Uh, besides that, though, you just need to make shit tons of music. Like you need to make demo after demo after release after release. You need to put them shits out and deal with the fallout. And you're gonna hear that critique, and you're gonna be like, "Shit, man, he doesn't know what he's talking about." But then you're gonna subtly remember that while you're writing, and you're gonna try something different, and you're gonna keep trying different things, and you're gonna get feedback, and some people are gonna like it, and some people are gonna hate it. But you just keep on making shit and make it again and just keep making a new one steal beats if you have to and just put out something you just need to because it's just about practice like it's about like working at it being influenced by the right thing it's a combination of all that and then and then eventually you get to a point where you want to invest in your in yourself and you get yourself you know better gear better mic better whatever but even with my radio shack bullshit like we still made some pretty decent we made some (laughs) decent tracks uh you know we, we had we had fun with it but the end of the day, yeah, it's just you got You just got to keep making it like there's not a secret. There's not a, a book I wrote or a, a book I read or a, a potion I drank or anything frontal I did or mega did that Lars <laughs> did that anyone else couldn't do like they and I just we just we just write stuff and they did a lot like frontal I was making way more shit like so many more music so much music in general before he made his like nerdcore hip hop song with you know Jesse and 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 the robot guy whose name now escapes me uh, MC Hawkins um you yeah. know like he was making all kinds of music everyone's been making like so much music since they were young and you know some of them only just you know their persona that we have in nerdcore is like maybe the third or fourth iteration of what they've been trying so uh, you just can't some people I find like in the new guys or some new people that come out um, you know they'll come through and it's just they're just their marketing part they've thought of all how they're going to do their Facebook page how they're going to make their YouTube videos how they're going to do whatever but the music part's just kind of been like and I'll, and I'll make these raps um, and it's just like they, you can't focus on that like you just gotta you just gotta make cool songs and then you'll find an audience and then you'll just keep changing because you'll listen to critiques and if you don't do that then you probably won't be the super dope is my guess he probably just won't make it or like we'll hear about you eventually like hey did anybody remember blah 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 and someone will be like no and then that'll be rude but uh but that's my thing you just gotta make tracks and just keep making them and keep practicing well that's that's great advice uh beefy well thank you again for being on the show this is an absolute pleasure um the last thing i'll ask of you is to do my sign off uh which is uh music is life and life is good this idea that if you're making good art then life can't be that bad so if you'll just sign us off with music is life and life is good uh that'll wrap us up music is life and life is good baby that's it for this episode of crash chords autographs our theme music is by michael kill Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Amans. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at CrashchordsWeb. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Victor Devon, and I am the host of We Burlesque, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit WeBurlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that music is life. Life is good.